0: This is the Old Radio Shows podcast.
1: I just won't believe it. I know my grandfather was murdered.
2: But that's impossible, Linda. Your grandfather was in a hospital bed, attended by several doctors, I among them, Mm. when he died.
1: Yes, I know that. But just the same, I know that Joe Reed killed him.
2: Linda, you'll have to face the facts. I know as well as you do that Joe Reed hated your grandfather. But your grandfather died a natural death. He suffered from heart trouble for 18 years. It was his heart that killed him.
1: No, doctor. Joe Reed killed him. I know it. I feel it. Why,
2: Linda? Why would Reed kill your grandfather?
1: You know very well why, Dr. Austin. Grandfather left him $50,000 in his will.
2: Well, if that's your only logic, you and I had a reason to kill your grandfather, too. He left me
1: $25,000.
2: And uh, you get more than 100000
1: That doesn't make any difference. Grandfather was going to cut Joe Reed out of his will. I know it, and I think Reed knew it, too. And he killed Grandfather before he could do it.
2: To keep him from changing his will, eh?
1: Isn't that what you'd do, Doctor?
2: I wouldn't commit murder for $50,000 or for any amount, and neither would Joe. No, Linda, I know you dislike Reed, but I'm afraid you can't make trouble for him. Your grandfather died a natural death.
1: Well, I know he didn't, Dr. Austin. I know that Joe murdered him, and I'm going to prove
2: it. How, Linda?
1: How? I'm going to Boston Blackie. That's How? <laughs>
2: Now, on to Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend.
3: Hello? Hello, Tom. This is Bob. Oh, how are you, Bob?
4: Hi. What's new?
3: Oh, nothing. Just the same old stuff.
4: Are hey, you uh, doing anything this
3: weekend? No, I don't think so. Oh, yes, Mrs. Van Grifton. Oh, no, me... not that. Yeah. Wants me to come to her country home for the weekend, oh, but... Oh,
4: brother.
3: I think I'll have a much better time at... Yeah? No. Hello? Oh, who are you?
0: Hello, Tom.
3: Put down that knife.
0: Hello? <laughs> Tom!
1: from the door. And don't be late for supper. Yeah, they never listen to me. Mm-hmm. Where did you come from? Oh,
0: who are you? No, no, put down that knife.
4: third one, Inspector Faraday, lying right here on the dock where Patrolman Murphy found him. The third one in five hours, and all with a ten-cent store kitchen knife stuck in him. Rollins, we've got a madman on the loose. Yeah, kill him for the fun of it. This has got me, no kidding. First Tom Marshall, one of the richest men in town, then that housewife out in Green Meadows, and now this, this bum at the waterfront. And bum is about the only identification we have on this one, Inspector. Don't know who he is, huh? No identification. Now, take him to the morgue. Maybe we'll get identification from fingerprints or dental work, if any. But we got to work fast and grab this killer. Or we'll have another body lying around somewhere. Yeah, but how are we going to figure where this killer is going to strike next? He just picks out anybody anywhere and sticks a knife in it. I him. know, but there must be some way... Hey, to... who's this? You might know who it is. Frankie. what are you doing here?
2: Looking for you. It looks as if my mission is accomplished. Hey,
4: what do you got here? What does it look like? Stabbed, huh? No, strangled. The knife in his chest is just for effect. (laughs) Beat it, will you? I got enough trouble.
2: Since when is one body trouble for the great Inspector Faraday?
4: Uh, One body isn't. But this happens to be the third one in the last five hours. What? Yeah, the third. And all killed in the same way. By the same type of instrument. (laughs) A ten-cent store kitchen knife. All here at the waterfront, of course? No, one of the victims was Tom Marshall. The millionaire? Yeah. Killed in his home. The second was a woman, Mrs. Harriet Jones. She was killed the same way, on a street out in Green Meadows.
2: And now this, huh? Yeah.
4: This one we can't even identify.
2: You've got a problem worse than mine. I'll say I have. And don't make it any better. Stay out of it. Stay out of it. Oh, Barry, how can I? Three absolutely unrelated people killed the same way in three different parts of town. Tell you what let's do. And this is going to be good. I'll take this case and you take mine. I'm trying to prove murder in the case of an old man who died of heart trouble in the hospital.
4: Uh, look, will you quit bothering me with child's play? Child's play is awfully consistent with your mentality. Look, no, you get out of my sight and stay out. I've got a madman on the loose. I don't want you bothering me till I get him on the books.
1: Where are we going, Blackie? To
2: the city hospital, Mary, to see Dr. Austin.
1: What can he have to do with the three madman murders?
2: Nothing, Mary Faraday won't let me work on that case with him And he won't give me enough information So I can go to work on it myself So? So I'm going to see what I can do for Linda Graham
1: Oh, Blackie, it's just nonsense to believe What she told you about her grandfather being killed Oh, Mr. Graham died of heart trouble
2: I know, but she thinks a man named Joe Reed killed him
1: Now how? He died in a hospital bed surrounded by doctors
2: I know that, too but according to Miss Graham's story, Joe Reed was an old man Graham's secretary. Oh, something.
1: I see. And all secretaries kill their bosses. Now, what sense does that
2: make? <laughs> None. Reed was afraid he was going to be cut out of old man Graham's will, so he wanted to kill him before he had a chance to change that will.
1: You say that as if you believe it.
2: No, Mary, I don't believe it. Not yet, anyhow. But Miss Graham came to me in good faith, and I promised her that I'd do what I can for her. So?
1: So you're going to do what you can for her. Which is? Nothing. Well,
2: not exactly nothing I'm going to talk to old man Graham's doctor and everyone else involved But I'm afraid what I'll end up with is nothing Well, here's the hospital
1: Well, here goes nothing
2: Dr. Austin? Yes, I'm Dr. Austin I'm Boston Blackie How do you do? You won't mind if I ask you a few questions, will you? No, not at all, Blackie. In fact, I've been expecting you. You have? Yes. Linda said she was going to see you. Well, she did see me. She thinks her grandfather was murdered. Yes, yes, I know, and by Joe Reed. Uh Uh-huh, because Joe Reed was afraid he was going to be cut out of Graham's will. Any possibility Reed murdered Graham? None whatsoever, Blackie. I treated Graham for 18 years. He died in this hospital in the presence of two other doctors both of whom have attested that heart failure killed him. Thank you, Doctor. It looks as if Graham's death was quite all right, and Miss Linda Graham was quite all wrong.
3: (laughs) For a pretty girl, you're awfully stupid, Miss Graham is there a lot of truth in the expression, beautiful but dumb?
1: I don't know how you have the nerve to talk to me, Mr. Reed.
3: I didn't want to talk to you, Miss Graham. You wanted to talk to me. This is uh, my apartment, you know.
1: And why do you even have an apartment? Because my grandfather was too kind to fire you, even after you had robbed him.
3: I robbed your grandfather? Then why wasn't I sent to jail?
1: Mr. Reed, you know very well why you weren't. Grandfather wouldn't prosecute.
3: No, of course not, because he had no proof... Just as you have no proof that your grandfather died of anything but a bad heart.
1: You killed him, didn't you?
3: My dear Miss Graham, your grandfather's death is a matter of medical record. He was an old man who had suffered for many years from an ailing heart. His heart just stopped beating.
1: But you wanted him to die, didn't you?
3: I'm $50,000 richer. And I like his money much better than I liked him.
1: But you knew he was going to cut you out of his will, didn't you? No. Did you... Yes, I did. He told me so two weeks ago, and he told you. That's why you killed him.
3: My dear Miss Graham, must even the simplest of facts be explained to you? A heart attack killed your grandfather.
1: No, Mr. Reed, you killed him. I don't know how, but I'm going to find out, and I'm going to prove it.
3: Miss Graham, I'd advise you to let matters stand as they are.
1: Stay away from me.
3: I'd like to be amused by your accusations, Miss Graham. But your insistence is beginning to bore me. That I hate to be bored. Now get out. I'll help you here. Let go. Come, come, oh, please, it's please, not go that bad. Let go, please. I think I will no, teach, no, you I I yeah, teach you to uh, uh,
1: learn you, read. Blackie, Blackie, I'm so glad you're here.
2: That makes two of us, but I'm afraid Mister Reed <laughs> isn't going to make that unanimous.
3: Blackie,
2: Boston Blackie, I suppose. Well, both of you get out of here. What's the matter? Reed want to be alone? Yes. Would you settle for being half alone? What do you mean, Miss Graham? Will you step out for a while, please? My car is parked down in front.
0: You want me to leave? Well,
2: maybe uh, you'd better stay, Miss Graham. Changed your mind awfully fast, didn't you, Reed? Too bad you didn't change mine. Go ahead, Miss Graham. Wait for me in my car.
1: All right, Blackie, if you say so. I'll wait
2: there. Reed was teaching you something a minute ago, Miss Graham. Now he's going to take a lesson from the professor. I won't be long. He looks like a good student.
1: I'll wait for you, Blackie.
2: Now, Reed... There's only one thing I have to say to you, and that's...
1: Hey, what?
3: What did you hit me for, Blackie?
2: I, I haven't done anything to you. That little tap was for not knowing how to talk to a lady. This one is for twisting her arm a few minutes ago. Hey,
3: Don't
0: hit me again!
2: Get up, you rat. I don't trust you. you I will crawl in your hole in the wall. Get up!
3: Jackson. You've got no right to come here and hit me. The police would oh, like to know you... go to the you...
2: police, will you? Maybe I ought to let you have one in advance in case you do. No,
3: no, don't. Now, please don't. I won't go to him. I, I, I won't go near him.
2: Reed, I didn't know why I didn't like you when I walked in here. I still don't know.
3: But I kind of like not liking
2: you. It uh, sort of makes me a nicer guy. Now, why don't you leave me alone, Blackie?
4: I, I never interfered with you.
2: You know, Miss Graham had an idea. You were responsible for her grandfather's death.
4: He died... I know,
2: I know. He died apart. He? Yeah. Her idea is that perhaps you didn't actually kill him, but you were responsible for something phony somewhere along the line. Oh. and after seeing you, I don't got it. Now, let
3: me alone, Blackie. Now, please, let me alone.
2: Oh, sure. Sure, I'll let you alone. <laughs> Only you've given me some cause for thought. You're so exact, so precise. Your clothes, uh, well, are just so. I wonder how your etiquette is. I wonder if you know the proper way to, let's say, uh, hold a knife. And now, back to Boston Blackie. Linda Graham comes to Blackie to accuse Joe Reed of murdering her aged grandfather. But authoritative medical reports show the grandfather died in a hospital bed of a heart ailment he had been suffering from for 18 years. Meanwhile, Inspector Faraday is faced with a baffling trio of murders. Three people in three different parts of town and in three different walks of life are murdered in the same way and all within the space of five hours. As we return to our story, Blackie, unable to solve his case, walks into police headquarters to see how Inspector Faraday is doing with him. Hello, Rollins. How are you this afternoon? Fine, Blackie. Glad to hear it. Don't bother to announce me. I'll go right into Faraday's office. Oh, no,
4: you don't, Blackie. The inspector doesn't want to see you.
2: Even if he telephoned for me, Rollins?
4: Oh, he called for you? Well, that's different. Go right in. Thanks, Rollins. Hey, wait a minute. Blackie, come back here. Did the inspector call for you? I didn't yeah, say he did, uh, Rollins. I, guess chance was if I he said, had even seen. if he did. Yeah, that's right, Doctor.
2: Thanks for letting me in. Okay. You got the
4: identification, huh? Good. Thanks, Dr. Parker. Goodbye. Oh, so it's you. Well, the same goes for you, too, Blackie.
2: Goodbye. Now, Faraday,
4: you know you don't mean that. You're glad to see me, aren't you? Yes, Blackie, I am. Looking at you makes me realize how lucky I am to be me. Well, lucky you. How lucky
2: have you been with those three murders?
4: Well, I haven't been lucky at all. I've been smart. I got identification on the body we found at the waterfront.
2: Yeah, huh? Did the dead man wake up and tell all?
4: No. He was identified through his dental work. Oh, is that so? What dentist? None of your business. Oh, all right. I'll solve the case by tracing back the knives using the stabbing. I've already done that. They can't be traced. They're ordinary kitchen knives bought at the ten cent stores. And every dime store in town carries them.
2: Hmm. You just don't want me to help you, do you? I'll tell you a little secret, Blackie. What? No! Faraday, who was the dentist who identified the third victim?
4: None of your business. Oh, come on,
2: Faraday, please. No. Please, Faraday. No,
4: I said. All right.
2: But I'll tell you something else you said, Inspector. What? You were on the phone when I came in and you said, thanks a lot, Dr. Parker. So what? So Parker is a doctor. A doctor can be a dentist. And I'm going to see him to get my teeth into this case. <laughs> Yes, Blackie. I identified the dental work for Inspector Faraday. The dead man was Ernest Brown, a carpenter here in the building. I see. But, um... Well, do you know any reason why anyone would want to kill him, Dr. Parker? No, no, not at all. But I will tell you something. I was about to call the police when you came in. Uh, Mrs. Harriet Jones, a madman's second victim, was also a patient of mine. What? Uh, yes, Miss Wesley. Oh, I know that she lived out in Green Meadows, but I used to practice out there and... Well, she got in the habit of coming to me. Well, now, don't tell us Tom Marshall was a patient of yours, too.
1: If he was, I'm going to faint.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, Tom Marshall wasn't a regular patient of mine. Uh, He was passing by one day, and he had a toothache, and saw my sign and stopped in for an emergency treatment. One day, what one day? That might have some significance. Yes, I think it does, Blackie. Uh, That's what I was going to call the police about. It was a week ago last Friday.
1: Well, why call the police about that?
2: Because, Miss Wesley, a week ago last Friday, Ernest Brown and Harriet Jones were in my office, too. And all three of them were here at the same time. Well, I'd say that's interesting, but it's not. It's more than interesting. You think it has direct bearing on their being murdered by this madman? I don't know. It's the first hint of a connection with the three of them. Dr. Parker, while they were here, was anyone else with them? Hmm. No, no, the three of them were alone in the waiting room. Uh, My nurse and I were busy in the other room with another patient. Then that's it. While they were sitting here, they saw something or heard something. The killer didn't want them to see you here. Come on, Mary. Where to? I'll tell you later. Dr. Parker. Yes? uh, Call Inspector Faraday and give him the information you just gave me. But tell him not to do anything about it until he hears from me. All
0: right.
2: Come on, Mary. Let's grab an elevator and get out of here.
1: All right. Back here. We're really on the way. What are you looking at?
2: At that door at the other end of the hall. Hmm? Here, I'll link for the elevator.
1: Oh, for goodness sakes, by the name on the door, it's Lester Graham's old office.
2: Yes. It's very interesting. Maybe our mad killer is Joe Reed. And the three patients in Parker's office heard him say he was going to kill... Oh, no. Why not? Oh, just wonderful little fact, Mary. Graham wasn't murdered. Hmm. Still, Graham's office, being so near the dentist's waiting room, would put Reed in possible contact with the three murder victims.
1: Because he was Graham's secretary? Yeah, I suppose so. But why would all three of them be killed? What do they have in common? They weren't witnesses to a murder or anything like that.
2: No, but what were they witnesses to?
1: Well, find the answer to that and you'll find out why they were killed. That's a great statement, Mary. Oh, I'm a great girl. My gosh, have the elevators in this building stopped running? Huh? Oh, what are you doing, daydreaming?
2: No, day thinking. What can three different people from three different parts of the city have in common?
1: Mm-hmm. But let's stay with that witness angle. What could they have seen?
2: Mary, I've got it. If there was another will cutting Reed out of Graham's first will, I've got it.
1: Got what?
2: Mary, it takes three witnesses to make a will absolutely uncontestable. The three people in Parker's waiting room could have been witnesses to Graham's second will if there, there was such a thing. He could have been looking for witnesses and walked in there.
1: That's right, Blackie, and Reed knew about the will, stole it, destroyed it, and then killed the three witnesses.
2: That is, of course, providing a second will
1: existed. Well, how can you find out? As you say, it's probably been destroyed.
2: I think I know how, Mary. Come on. We've got to get to a telephone.
1: Who are you calling, Blackie?
2: Joe Reed, Mary. He's hoping he doesn't call my bluff.
1: He's hoping, too.
2: He's bluffing. Hello? Uh, Jorine? Yes. Uh, this is Dr. Parker.
3: Who?
2: Uh, Dr. Lester Parker, the dentist.
3: I don't think I know you, do I?
2: Uh, no, we've never met, but I think we should meet, him soon. Why? I know something I think you should know. What's that? I know why those three people were knifed to death yesterday afternoon. Oh, really? I think maybe we'd better have a little talk. About what? About why those three people were killed.
3: Look, I, uh... I don't know what you're talking about.
2: But I do. It's old man Graham's will. The three murdered people were witnesses to it. But I was too, in a way. I just didn't have time to sign my name to it. So? So I saw what was in the will, accidentally, of course. It seems you were cut off without a cent.
3: Now, isn't that interesting?
2: It is to me. It didn't mean anything to me then, but it does now. See me in my office at 10 o'clock tonight, and I'll tell you how much. Is there only one entrance to this office of yours, Dr. Parker? Yes, Blackie. Just the door to the reception room here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. He won't sneak up behind us, huh? No, if he shows up at all, which I'm beginning to doubt. It's ten after ten already, and I of him. Mm. Maybe your trick isn't going to work. Maybe Reed isn't a murderer. But it won't be your fault if I can't prove anything. You're a brave guy to go through with this, Doctor. If Reed's the man we're after, he's a dangerous killer. Blackie! We simply... The elevator door just opened. Good now. Shh. Stay back from the door. Don't worry, I'm back. He's coming down the hall. Yeah, I hear him. Take him into your office when he gets in. But leave the door open so I can hear. I'll get back at this desk now.
4: He's just outside the door now. Good luck. Thanks. Hello, Blackie. You here? Oh, Faraday. Blackie, what are you doing hiding in the dark? Not trying
2: to hide from you, Inspector. Turn on the lights, Dr. Parker. All right. I'm afraid our trick didn't work. What trick?
4: And what was Miss Wesley's idea of telling me you were in danger?
2: Skip it. Inspector, you know Dr. Parker.
4: Yes, yes. we've Sure. Blanky, what are you up to? I thought
2: I was up to grabbing your killer for you. But it seems my suspect didn't come up to be grabbed. Come on, Doctor. I'll drive you home. Okay, I'll go. You come to... along too, Faraday. Eh? I'll tell you all about it on the way.
4: Thanks for the lift home, Blackie.
2: It's all right, Doctor. Glad to do it. Thanks for helping me try to catch Reed.
4: Well, looks as if he was either not gullible or too smart for us, though. Uh, It doesn't take much to be too smart for Blackie. Now, Faraday, is that nice? No, just true, that's all. (laughs) Good night, Inspector. Good night. Night, Blackie. Night, Parker.
3: Good evening, uh-huh. Dr. Parker. Who are you? You ought to know, Dr. Parker. You said you wanted to see me tonight in your office at 10 o'clock. You're Joe Reed. Marvelous deduction. Sorry I couldn't keep my appointment with you at your office, but it seemed so unwise. I don't like traps. Traps? Do I look like a fool, Dr. Parker? Oh. Oh, I see.
2: You were afraid the police might be waiting in my office with me, eh? Yes. Do I look like a fool, Mr. Reed? Look, I can make a great deal of money keeping the police away from you. You can? Yes, as much as you can afford to pay.
3: What makes you think so?
2: What I know about you, old man Graham's second will and the three people killed by what the police think is a madman. You think
3: I killed them?
2: I know you did. But... I think we can come to an understanding. If... Uh, what are you talking about? About keeping my mouth shut. If you keep your wallet open.
3: How do I know? You haven't already gone to the police.
2: I wouldn't be talking money if I had. Yeah. do oh, believe me, you're quite safe. So far. No one else knows about Graham's second will, the one you probably destroyed. No one but me.
3: Nobody knows, huh? Only the two of us. Hmm. I'd be a lot safer if there were only one of us, wouldn't I? Now, look here. You, you look here. And you'll see a gun in my hand, a nice, well-loaded gun. Too bad you kept this to yourself, doctor, because that gives me a reason for killing you.
2: You don't care how many people you kill, do you?
3: No, one more or less won't make any difference. It's worth a lot to me.
4: Yes, $50,000. Yeah,
3: and I had a lot of time and effort. I had to wait till old man Graham died a natural death before I started. But when you're out of the way, I'll be safe. The second will's destroyed, the witnesses are dead, and soon you will be, too. You wouldn't be so smug if you just looked behind your reed. (laughs) Think I'd fall for that when you're crazy. (laughs)
0: Well,
2: I hope
4: he's got a hard head. Nice work, Lucky.
2: Nice work yourself, Parker. You couldn't have talked to Reed any better if we'd rehearsed for ten hours. Well, Parker? Yes? Did Reed outsmart me as much as you thought? (laughs) No, I guess he didn't, Blackie. When he didn't show up at your office, I guessed he'd be smart enough to come here to your home. So we ducked back in here through a window.
4: Yep. <laughs> I guess you could say uh, we came through, huh?
2: It's funny how I knew Joe was guilty, Faraday. He irritated me. Every time I saw Reed, I saw Red. <coughs>